Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jader, Jason Mitchell, and Adam B. Hello. Hi. And welcome back. To another edition of Hindsight is Horrifying. Ugh, again? Yes, again, oh, again. Jesus. Don't worry. Eventually, you can go to the judge and you can say you've done enough. And, I've you know, served my time. Maybe the judge will, will terminate your, your probation early and then you don't have to do this anymore. He won't, though, because I'm the only girl. <laughs> You're here for our conjugal visits. Ooh, Adam, is your microphone on? I don't know. Can you hear me? Check one, two. Check. I hope nobody there, could have heard that. There he is. Hello. Oh, ah, I <laughs> hear myself back. now. Yeah, we know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, we, we are back uh, with our final uh, episode of our series, Summer of the 1970s. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Brown decided to pick something that was uh, um, uh, a lighter way of sending off uh, our I, I favorite decade. No more post-apocalyptic. I was tired of dystopian futures. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. A- after the Lahaina fire, it seemed very dystopian <laughs> yeah. to me. I said, okay, that's it. Let- so I just went to free association and I relaxed my mind and a movie materialized that I just remembered as being fun, titillating, and humorous. And that movie was Meatballs. 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 Yeah, this is this is an interesting pick for me because whenever I was a kid, um, and <laughs> I, for some reason, I think my parents just associated this with Porky's. Yes. Or Animal House. No, a, specifically Porky's. It's an upscale okay. Porky's. It's an upscale Porky's. And yes. because I was banned as a kid from watching Porky's, I was also banned from watching this. That makes sense because later on the in the movie where, um, what's the kid's name who's like the electric professional, like he can fix oh. anything. Oh, uh, um, God, why'd you say it, that? I don't know, but uh, he's drilling a hole in the wall of one of the cabins and it made me think Hardware. of Porky's. Hardware. Hardware. And yeah. uh, when he's drilling the hole in the wall, you find out it's because they're stealing an AC unit. But when he was first doing it, I was just like, oh, no, this is going to lead to. Dirtiness. I know. That, 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 yeah, that was exactly. <laughs> so maybe that's yeah. why they thought of Porky's. Yeah. That could have something to do with it. You know, and it's it's not there's nothing in the movie that's, you know, objectionable. No. Any real. I mean, of course, it's, uh, there's implications. There's implications. Well, in 2023, every frame of the movie is objectionable. But in the real. I don't you know, know. I'm not woke like it. But there was some of it that was a little cringy for sure. Well, like when the girl attacked him, Bill Murray. I'm going to slap yeah, you exactly. before this night is over, Mr. Brown. Bill Murray was the innocent victim. He was. Scenario. He oh, was just God. there and she jumped on him and and uh, made him fall off the couch onto the ground. No, it's uh, it's just it's lowbrow. Like there's a guy here laying on the on the pier that they're painting, and of course they're just painting around him, and he <laughs> rolls into the water. But do you know who directed this film? Well, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I'd be Mr. Ivan Reitman. Yes, and you saw who one of the writers were, or the main writer, Harold Raymond. See, yeah, we we got uh, we've got pedigree there, and um, Spaz's brother. Was one of the writers too? Oh, yeah. yeah there was a group of writers. Uh, yeah, there, um, there were two blooms. One, one played in it. One was uh, one of the writers. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting how much this movie started. You know, like an entire career of uh, Ivan Reitman as a director. He had done stuff before, obviously. Well, because right. this was wasn't this the first one? I had that yeah, in my notes somewhere. First, yeah. It was the first of their like six collaborations. Which... Well, it was Ivan Reitman's directorial debut. Yeah, and it was Bill Murray's first. Um, 
first pick as a uh, as a, a lead, as probably. A lead. Yeah. Well, yeah. he wasn't too keen on it. Apparently, the legend is that John Belushi talked him into taking the role because it would make him into a film star. Yeah, uh, and, and it did. And he was, uh, I believe, Bill Murray was contractually obligated due to his agreements with SNL at the time, so he had to be involved. Uh, but yeah, he took the starring role. A lot of Canadians in this. A too. lot of Canadians. Well, it was shot in is, Canada. Yeah, it was filmed Bill, in Canada. Is Bill yeah. Murray Canadian? And, no. Okay. Mm, I'm no. sorry. Um, I know now, Spaz is, is Canadian, he? and he was actually the Canadian uh, casting director because they did shoot this like two hours north of Toronto mm-hmm. at an actual campground. Now, uh, do you know um, the character of Spaz, uh, who, like I said, that's, he's, it, I can't remember if it's, he's John Bloom. There are two Blooms. One was a His writer. His name is Jack Bloom. Jack Bloom. Okay. So he was almost not uh, picked Correct. for the part of Spaz. Who and, was? Well, the first pick. Who do you? Because uh, I'm going to ask Adam Brown. Who in oh, the geez. 1970s? Oh well, it, it could have been any of the uh, Carradine boys, I guess. It could have been. It could have been. Um, His name was Eddie. Mm-hmm. Eddie Deason. Eddie that, Eddie Deason was actually the person they were going to give the part to. Uh, also known as Eugene from Greece. Yeah. Oh, Eddie, Eddie okay. Deason. Yeah. <laughs> right. One of the goofiest looking walk, motherfuckers got, of oh, all God, time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that was his whole career was playing Eddie Deason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he was committed to doing uh, 1941. Oh, okay. So, I remember yeah, that film so he, too. Yeah. So he bailed on that. Wise decision probably on his part. Probably. Not to piss off Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but no, this is, well, why don't you, Darth, why don't you yes, give, give a, us a brief synopsis? Oh, well, yes, I can do that. So the synopsis, for those of you who have not seen Meatballs, is Bill Murray stars as Tripper, who guides a fun-seeking collection of lovable campers and libidinous staff members through the unique pleasures of a hysterical co-ed summer I, I, experience. I like that word. Oh, That's I loved word. it. I made sure to make note of it. <laughs> libidinous. Because, oh my God, the entire point of the... CITs is to get laid. Well, that's just it's a movie about horny teenagers for horny teenagers. Yes. Well, yeah. That's the movie. Except you know. Bill Murray's what, 29 in this movie? Uh, he, yeah. he was more of a horny kind of approaching middle-aged man. Yeah, he settled down at the end. But he's he hasn't settled down in life. No. No. no, no. If the Gina Davis interview is to teach us anything. Are you familiar with the Gina Davis interview? Uh, I was Jason? telling him yeah. about oh, it the yeah. other day. It's uh it's quite uh, even I the crazy perv that I am felt very uncomfortable watching poor he is Gina. A crazy perv. Yeah. I can verify that. Well, and of course, Bill has had some recent uh, allegations made against him, which, you know, just allegations. Well, yeah. they you know. even followed up the Gina Davis thing with that. And he said, well, mm. you know, I was trying something that I thought was funny and it wasn't perceived that way. And that was his defense. But they have his rep has yet to say anything else about it. So there's that. But the Gina Davis interview, if you, uh, haven't seen it or want to look it up. It's basically him and Gina Davis practically spooning on Carson's couch, right? Uh, was it Carson? Was it, it wasn't Carson. Who was it? It was, um, who was the whoop, whoop, whoop? Arsenio Arsenio, Hall. Arsenio Thank sorry. You I knew it was a night show. Uh, uh, very different people. played Winston Zedmore in the animated Ghostbusters? Oh, is that right? Also who direct, was chosen also, over? Also directed by 
Ivan Reitman. So, but the actual Ernie didn't get. Yeah, to play yeah, him. No, yeah. Ernie, Ernie, so Ernie, sad. Ernie Hudson auditioned for the role and he didn't get yeah. it. Yeah, Ernie Hudson did not get the. He did not. No, it was like the Charlie Chaplin story where he yeah. went, entered a Charlie Chaplin contest and came in third. Uh, yeah. Ernie Hudson did not get to play his own character in the animated yeah. series. Oh, it was my. crap. That yeah. is really bad. No, but uh, regardless, on Arsenio, excuse me, uh, Bill Murray is basically spooning Gina Davis and trying to like pull her. Yeah. dress strap down and yep. like just petting on her all creepily and stuff. And she said, yeah, it was really, you know, it was kind of creepy when I first went to audition in a hotel room. It's kind of a Weinstein-esque uh, a audition. Bit. And a he kept bit. trying to massage her with some sort of the massage thumper. tool. The it's thumper. The thumper. Yeah. Whatever mm-hmm. happened to Gina Davis? She used to be <laughs> in be movies, movies, but she's not in movies anymore. Chris, no. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you in the morning. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So apparently Bill Murray's Bit of a creeper in well, real life. I mean, you it's know. all in fun. Well, you don't, you it's, don't, it's always all in fun. It's a bummer because I always thought his and Gina Davis's characters were so cute together in Ghostbusters when he's doing that little like hop toward her in front of the fountain. What? What? Gina Davis. Who was not Sigourney Weaver? Sigourney Weaver. Shit. Yeah. Sorry, I always mix the two of them up. That <sighs> always happened. She had a senior moment they had the there. The same hair in the eighties. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Yeah, that was a senior moment wow. for me, for sure. Yeah. Now you know what it feels like. Just to- <laughs> I've been hanging around you too much. Multiply that by 100, and that's yeah. my day. These will start happening no, more I, and more frequently. No, I legit always yeah. mix those two up, for sure. And, and after you you get married next month, they're <laughs> going to start. Two months. Two months. Well, October. okay, that's true. It's all, it's almost <laughs> September. Yes. So. Uh, but, uh, yeah, once, uh, once you put the ring on, you'll find that uh, that starts happening. Much more frequently. My powers are, are weakening. That's just how it works. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. You've got a little crystal in there. You think it's going to help you. It's mm. not. No, but the it's point not. is, like, I, I've always found the dynamic with him and Sigourney Weaver very adorable. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, because the way he flirts with her in Ghostbusters, I always just thought he was this cute, funny guy. But then later in life, of course, well, that look, perception I mean, gets ruined. And, you know, actors aren't their characters. I fully understand that. But yeah, I, I think that in a movie like that this. That was the point of that story. I think in a movie like this, the actors are probably a lot closer to their characters uh, right. than in other projects. And you have to remember, this was, you know, this period... Um, the the SNL years for so many of the the greats that were out there, you know Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, and Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase, and all these guys, you know, and Dan Aykroyd's talked about it. They literally just had bowls of cocaine, mm-hmm. and and that's how you did this show every week. And it was high energy. It was you know it was it was drink, do coke, get laid, and. Do the show and then right back at it again. Well, that's and, why and, Pete and Davidson took issue uh, with uh, the uh, entire human race. Well, no, they have issue with him. Oh, that's right. It's the other way around. Louis yeah. C.K. got him in trouble <laughs> on <laughs> SNL because he saw uh, Pete Davidson uh, smoke up a smoke a joint, basically. And he was like, you're ruining your life, kid. You're going to ruin your career. And he told on him. Louis C.K.? Yeah. And P. Davidson's got a whole joke about it. And he was like, yeah, so I got called into the head office. And they were like, were you smoking weed in your dressing room, Pete? And he was like, well, yeah. I mean, isn't everybody else on cocaine here? (laughs) What's the big deal? Yeah. And he was like, so imagine my surprise when I saw Louis's story break. (laughs) And the the poetic justice to that is pretty awesome. But No no shit. He's like, you're reporting somebody for smoking a joint on SNL. What a bitchy, bitchy thing to do. Yeah, it's part of his stand-up. So, yeah. Yeah. True story, evidently. Well, so this movie is sort of... um, 
this is an anthem to the carefree youth uh, culture of the of the late 1970s, where it was you didn't give a shit about the rules. You didn't give a shit about anything other than getting high, getting laid, having fun, having fun. And it was, it was great. It was fucking awesome. You know, this was before, you know, an entire generation had grown up and of course they grew up eventually and they got out, you know, they stopped doing this stuff more or less, but how appropriate that it takes place at a summer camp, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, isn't that where a lot of people <laughs> Well, camp had. Crystal Lake. Exactly. You're either going to get laid or killed or, or, both. or one or the other. <laughs> Those, there yeah. is no in between. Uh, but it is, it is a story of camp counselors. How simple of a plot is that? Uh, the entire movie, the whole way. Counselors every, in training because they're CIT. Yeah. Count, yeah mm-hmm. Counselors in training. That's true. Um, the, the whole plot. It, it just sort of hangs together very simply. You know, you've got um, you've got the good guys who have fun, and then eventually we have to introduce an adversary, you know, so that's the other camp. Right. And you have to have a the competition. Rich kids. The rich kids, you know, and then you have to have the, uh, uh, the competition in the end, which really doesn't mean anything, you know, but it gives the movie, it, it gives the audience the it, sense that it there's... It gives our heroes an underdog quality because yeah, they never yeah. win the Olympiad, the Olympiad events at right, the end of yeah. the summer. So, yeah. Which is like, why do they even compete with them? <laughs> you see, you I know? thought something was going to happen with this story because the poor, like, six-year-old's in a cabin. I know. Uh, there's the one of them's the got a little frog. pet frog and he takes the little lid off the shoebox and he's like, look, there's my pet frog. And they're like, that frog's dead. And he goes, no, he's not. He's just sleeping. And even the camp counselor, one of the sweet ones it's like yeah let's let him sleep a little bit longer i'm sure he's okay well, and then that, that, nothing ever happened well there was a that. 20 minute side story that got cut yeah, the, yeah. well no that is true because they actually <laughs> cut out a lot of the uh cit scenes because they wanted to uh ingratiate more scenes with bill murray oh, and yeah. chris make chris make pieces yeah name. what yeah. a name <laughs> So Rudy, yeah, Rudy, Rudy. Woody yeah. the Wabbit. Well, that that, that whole Wabbit. line, that whole thing with the frog, I, I like that just from the standpoint that it really sets the tone of the of the characters. The that, compassion. Yeah, these are people who, yeah, there's they're they're guys they're, who just want to get laid and smoke pot, but they're actually there. They're sweethearts with the kids. They want to yeah. help the kids. They want to be nice to the kids, well, and that and that of course is reflected in in Trip's relationship with Rudy, yeah, which is really time. the heart and soul of the movie. Absolutely, because Rudy. Uh, you can tell he doesn't have the greatest relationship with his dad. It, it's implied that something happened to his mother. His mother's not present. And uh, Rudy. Was it explicitly stated that she was dead? No, I don't. I really don't know I what don't happened so. to her. Okay. So uh, I either, thought she was dead. And I don't know why you, I thought she was dead. That's what I'm saying. You get the yeah. implication. And because the dad drops him off and he's like, all right, you're going to summer camp. You're going to be okay, champ. And Rudy's all downtrodden and sad. And so he goes to this camp where he doesn't have any friends and Bill Murray just sort of takes him under his wing. Yeah. And, and it's really sweet. Which yeah. I think probably 80% of teenage boys can relate to that particular character. Yeah. I would yeah. imagine. I, I was joking that, you know, I was spaz growing up, but I was not spaz. I've seen your nerd goggles. I, <laughs> I know. know this is a true story. <laughs> That's only when I entered active duty and I got my birth control glasses, uh, government <laughs> issue actually. But before that, you know, it's just, you know, that's what I, one of the things I really remember through here is here's a kid that he's shy, but, Trip takes him under his wing and then and then encourages him to excel in an area that he just wasn't aware that he had the capability. Yeah, yeah. and that, that really speaks to audiences. And I think it's one of the reasons why, because uh, the movie was a huge success. It was a big surprise success. It was really? Filmed on, yeah, it was filmed on a shoestring budget. But yeah, it ended I think up making, it was like 25000 or something. Yeah, like and it made like $70 million. Yeah. And once again, on <laughs> yeah. a real campground, yeah. so a lot of the scenes that happen 
are actually happening in real life. Like Parents <laughs> Day, that was really occurring at the actual camp when they filmed that scene. Filmed well, in the parking lot of which store? Kmart. Oh, Kmart. By yeah. the way, what's well, a Kmart? And, and also, it was mm. filmed in the late <laughs> I'm 19th. Being facetious, don't worry. <laughs> we mentioned this last week on the show. It mm. was filmed in Canada in the 1970s during that period when you could deduct a hundred percent of the capital. Yeah, investment. you did mention that on Kiss of the Tarantula. <laughs> so it was a huge success, mm. and and I, I think you know you've obviously had you know people knew Bill Murray from Saturday Night Live. Um, and, um, well, especially since he references one of his own characters in the beginning yeah. when he's going through, he's making fun of Camp Mohawk and there's somebody saying, oh yeah, there's a two year waiting list and it costs a thousand dollars a month to attend this camp. And Bill Murray steps in and pretends to be one of the counselors or the lead counselor or something of that camp instead of Camp North Star, I think is the one that he actually is in. But, yeah. uh, he said, oh yeah, I'm, uh, Jerry Aldini. And apparently that's the name of his lounge singer yeah. character from yeah. SNL, yeah. which I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, yeah, that, that was a popular a character in 1975. That so. was huge. Bill Murray was, I mean, this was back when these people were giants. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were, you know, they were institutions on TV and it was this complete counterculture kind of thing. They broke all the rules. They did TV wrong, but it worked. You well, know. it wasn't like anything else you could see exactly, on TV. Yeah. It was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And it was live, live television. Yeah. But I just, I love that, like, when you look at, uh, and there's, you know, the Murray, the... Morty. Morty. Morty He's, Melnick. Hello, <laughs> yeah. Mickey. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Do you want to share that fact? It sounds like you know well, why I, they were I calling him Mickey. I don't have any idea, but one of the things about this film is there's certain parts that you will remember for the rest of your life, like Woody Wabbit. Yeah. And the hot, the, dog, the hot dog yeah, the eating hot dog where he's like moving his stomach and shaking <laughs> his stomach, which would make any normal the person. truffle shuffle. But, but the Hello Mickey P, I, I just, that stuck with me. I don't understand yeah. the so, uh, etymology of it. But do you know, do you know the original name for Mickey Mouse? Yes. Oh, Mortimer. That's why Mortimer. you were on the right track. Oh, yeah. oh Morty. Mortimer yep. Mouse. Hello, Mickey. Yep. And Morty. Because what Morty Adams were referring to, Hindsiders, is the fact that Bill Murray is constantly pranking Morty, the guy who runs the camp. Uh, yeah. And he's always pranking him on some in some way, shape, or form. And so at the beginning, when he's addressing the CITs, he's like, hey, everybody, I'm Morty. And they go, you know, Bill Murray gives him a little gesture, and they're like, hi, Mickey. And he was like, you know I said Morty. Like, let's move on. Well, and that's oh, another... jeez, Bill. That's Why can't you give me the right name? The, the, but that's another you know, a uh, uh, classic character and, and, and it's written so perfectly because Morty is this guy who is nominally in charge of all these guys. Right. And they, they disrespect him and they pull pranks on him and all that stuff, but there's no consequences. The entire movie is consequence free and they're just being goofballs and having fun. Well, and they never do and, anything to him that really crosses no, a just, severe line. It's all in good fun. But if they did it today, they'd all go to jail. Well, yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> well, how they prank him, guys, everyone, is... Everyone in this fucking movie in 2023 would end up going to jail. <laughs> Probably. You know? And, well, and, none of them would be allowed alone with any of the children. No, yeah, I was about no. to say, you wouldn't have that scene with Bill Murray playing Blackjack no. for Peanuts with Rudy. That would right, never exactly. happen. Oh, how inappropriate he's playing cards with this young lad. Yeah. yeah. Rabble, go back, rabble, go rabble, back rabble. to the 16th century Puritans. But how do the camp or the CITs, how do they prank Oh, Marty? wait, real quick. This scene uh, right here uh, in the bus station, mm -hmm. and there's uh, this scene and actually the scene where they're playing uh, Blackjack. Uh, for the peanuts, 
That was added later. Yeah, they were both added later. And what's interesting about this is that, uh, I can't remember the name of the kid who plays Rudy. Um, Chris Makepeace. Chris, Chris Makepeace. Make My he, bodyguard. He had um, he had uh, begun the change, uh, as they say, uh, of becoming a young man. Mm-hmm. And he was, he, was, he was getting facial hair and he had a little mustache. And Bill Murray basically said, no, 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 this isn't going to work. And so Bill Murray actually took him over to a sink got a razor, lathered him up, and shaved his mustache off. So the kid's first time ever shaving, it was Bill Murray who shaved him. I had that fact in my notes, so I I have a question for you, gentlemen. If you could pick any celebrity to have given you your first shave, who would it be? At that point in time, Kim Basinger. (laughs) I mean, I said any celebrity, but hey, that's your pick. That's your pick. Uh, Either Kim Basinger or Christopher Walken. (laughs) You know, I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, kid. Oh, what about you? Lord. You're shaving all wrong. Shaving, oh, I've never thought about that before. I like when a nurse shaves me, and if she's good looking, that's a bonus. But for surgery, well, that that's, why, that's why I said Kim Basinger. <laughs> I know that's what I was thinking. Who was the Hello, one who was in um, nurse who who crossed her legs a certain way? Uh, Sharon Stone. Sharon, Sharon Stone. It would be Sharon. Stone. Okay, Sharon Stone. Yeah, I don't Sharon. know if I would actually want Sharon Stone that close to me with a sharp object. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it was a safety razor, there you yeah, go. Maybe. But if it's like one of them, like, like you know, Sweeney big blades. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Well, how about you? And <laughs> well, I already know do- the answer to the question. <laughs> do you? Johnny yes. Depp? No. Um, really? Same reason. Mel, ever, Mel Gibson? I've never had to shave my face. Would, would, so. would you like Mel Gibson to well, paint your toenails? Well, then fine, shaving somewhere else. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I'm wherever. not answering that question. Yeah, wherever. I refuse. What, like armpits or whatever? Well, Ladies um, got to shave other stuff than just their magic triangle. <laughs> the, la- the landing strip? Their <laughs> magic slice of bacon. triangle? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Bermuda triangle. Uh, maybe for you it is. Um, oh. guys have an old chap, ladies. If you know, it's not worth it. It's <laughs> yeah. not worth it. So anyway, he the does point, look clean shaven. Yeah, he is scene. clean shaven yeah. because Bill Murray, you know, uh, gave him a shave. And that's the end of that anecdote. <laughs> but it so, was, yeah, it was. Film but it led later, to some so, interesting yeah. conversation. But, but Chris Maypiece was in some pretty big films about this period, and then just essentially fell off the face of the earth. Oddly. He went. I think he went behind the camera. Oh, perhaps. I, I, I think he uh, he ended up doing more. A lot of these guys actually. Um, Let's in, find out. Yeah, a lot yes. of these guys ended up doing stuff. Uh, you know, um, Spaz really he does uh, producing work. He does writing work. Uh, he's actually done a, quite a bit of writing. Um, and the only person who, other than Bill Murray, who really went on to do a lot was Hardware. Yeah, hardware, hardware yeah. has been in a ton. Oh my of gosh! Stuff. I looked at his resume, and it's he's still up until up until now. I mean, twenty twenty three, he's got three or four projects. Yeah, but, there's a literal article that says, "Whatever happened to Chris, Chris Makepeace? <laughs> Whatever happened to Chris Makepeace?" But you know, the interesting thing is, you have it's a great ensemble in my mind, but then you have certain people who excelled in acting and then moved into other areas, and even. Who was the the big heavy set gentleman who ate the hot dogs? What was his name? Let's Frank. See. Just Frankie? pulling up, uh, pulling no. up the uh, resume. He's got a Jewish last name. I thought Matt Craven is the guy who yeah, plays. That's uh, hardware. hardware. Um, see, he is still. I mean, look, twenty twenty three. He was just on an episode of Justified. Keith Knight. Finkelstein. I think Finkelstein is his name. Keith but they, he goes by Fink in the movie. Right. He's done. He did quite a quite a few films, but then died at an early age. I think he was 56. That's unfortunate. 
Yeah, Chris Makepeace hasn't been in a movie since 2001, evidently. Uh, there were rumors in the early 2000s that he got married, but yeah, there's not much on him. Well, we've lost, uh, we also, uh, you know, sadly, very sadly, lost Ivan Reitman. Well, yeah. Right, um, of course. Which was a huge loss. That was, because that guy, I mean, he he made some of the most memorable movies from my childhood. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of that in collaboration with uh, Elmer Bernstein, mm-hmm. uh, who did the uh, the music for this movie. Um also did Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, also did Caddyshack. Well, I mean, Elmer Bernstein. Is, oh, Elmer Bernstein. Yeah, sorry. El- El- Elmer Bernstein just is such a, a weird story because this guy did, you know, uh, what Ten Commandments, Magnificent Seven, The Great Escape. I mean, just like these epic, epic, memorable things. But then he got blacklisted. And what he, for? Well, being a commie, he wasn't. He wasn't a communist, but he was blacklisted during the whole. Yeah. The Red Scare. I never knew this. And he ended up doing, it's so, it's so weird. Oh my God. Uh, he He's did. nibbling her bottom. Sorry, I had to look oh at yeah, that. that. This is, this is where she attacks ruthlessly poor Bill Murray. From this, this underneath scene, him. Yes. Yeah. This scene would not be in the movie. But they, look, okay, I'm, I'm just going to defend this scene because. Man, explain it to me. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just going to. I'm gonna, joking. No, I'm just, just going to explain that son. it's very clear they have a relationship. Oh, a long, long standing relationship. Yes. If, if, you know, if you and your girlfriend were fooling her, I mean, who hasn't? No, because Morty tries to get with her later in the movie. They've not established anything before this year because she even tells uh, Trip because he's leading the the boy CITs toward the girls' cabin. And he's like, look, men, women. And she goes, yeah, keep dreaming, Trip. And then just passes right by him. So, no, this is the first year they've ever like uh, actually gotten together. I don't together. know. I think there's history there. They've well, been flirting for years. Yeah, flirting yeah, for sure. Yeah. But even when they dance together, he goes, look, I'm really trying here. And she goes, well, keep trying. Yeah. So he clearly hasn't gotten anywhere with her yet. But, you know, as we find out later in the movie, he does. But, but no, I, I did want to go back to the music thing with uh, Elmer Bernstein. Yes, yes. He, he, he ended up doing terrible movies like uh, he did Robot Monster. Uh, he, you know, it's a horrible B movie, uh, a ton of B movies, but then he came back uh, and I think it was John Landis actually, who sort of resurrected him because I think he did animal house. Uh, yeah, um, they actually, uh, Reitman and Ramis wanted John Landis to direct this movie because of his work with animal house, yeah. but, uh, he turned it down because he was too busy working on blues brothers. Yeah. Mm. And of course we don't need to go into the whole John Landis story. Because it's terrible. Uh, just <laughs> if you if you're interested, look up John Landis and helicopter, and that's yeah, all you need to we've know. We've mentioned it. Yeah, before. we've mentioned it. Um, but one thing about the music that I have to say is the one thing about this movie that I hate is that fucking song in the beginning and at the end with the kids singing. Are you ready for the summer? <laughs> I don't. You're welcome. I absolutely like. I can just imagine sitting in the theater just going, please be over. Please be <laughs> but over. they play it like please 47 and a half times. Please be over. Yeah. And the rest of the soundtrack's really good, though. Yeah. But, uh, Rick Dees, I do believe we mentioned earlier. Yes, we were just having a conversation about. The author about... of Disco Duck. <laughs> and for <author>. those, <laughs> the composer of Disco Duck and I believe the singer. Here's a real crime. Uh, everybody had to run and sprint and everything else in Adidas. I couldn't imagine actually doing athletic stuff in Adidas shoes. Everyone there's, did back then. I, had I know, but they're so Adidas. flat. Like, yeah. they don't provide any arch support. As much as I love my Sambas, which I'm wearing right now. But it hurt I our feet, and we liked it. But I couldn't run cross-country in them. And you know what Adidas stands for, don't you? Why don't you enlighten me? Uh, Jason? 
I'm not, I'm not going there. <laughs> no, you opened Come the can on, of worms. Mr. Brown, you opened this. Do you yeah. have any idea? No, I honestly don't. Okay. All day, I dream about sex. Adidas. That wasn't Adidas. nearly as dirty as I was expecting, no, especially no, it, since it came from you. It is. Yeah, it isn't bad. bad at all. But that was a joke when we had when we were. But believe it or not, my old roommate used to work for Adidas, and it is not pronounced Adidas. It's Adidas. It's that, a German company. That makes sense. Adidas. Yeah. Well, I'm sense. never going to pronounce it. Though. So oh, when you hear anyone say Adidas, you slap them and you tell them Adidas. Adidas. Wacky, wacky German. They're always coming up with stuff. That's like I was telling somebody just uh, the Scat. other day uh, that uh, the word heroin is actually a brand name that was come up oh, okay. by a German company. <laughs> this is great. So yeah. uh, a running fixture in the movie is obviously Bill Murray making his daily announcements over the radio, and he's always messing with the campers with those announcements. Uh, but I have a question about that because he wakes up first thing in the morning, and it's very "Good morning, Vietnam." It's his way of talking. Well, yeah, he all the straight campers. up he straight up does it as a uh, morning. Uh, it's uh, like a morning talk a morning show. drive show. Yeah, yeah. but um, he he's wearing a specific helmet when he sleeps, and so when I, he wakes up, I know I found out what kind of a helmet it is, but. It still doesn't. Uh, the futuristic helmet worn by Murray is a toy Lunar Patrol helmet from the Timmy Process Plastic Division of J. Lloyd International Inc. <laughs> One size I, fits all. But I was I, like, but do we know why he wears it? Because it's a joke. It's a joke. I'm sure. But he's asleep. Just being no, he wasn't, he no, wasn't no, he puts it, it on. Yeah, he puts he, it on he when he gets it on. up. He grabs it from the oh, side. Oh, I thought he woke up with it no, on. No, no, okay. no, no, he puts it on. It's I a part of his shtick. I love this scene. I love... In the boat, yeah. Yeah, because I just love the idea. You know, like, it's my first time I've ever kidnapped a guy. And mm. it's just so she can say, like, by the way, I like you, not him. And his, he's so happy oh. yep. that he got the girl and his friend didn't. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, all's Crockett. fair. Crockett. That's the kid's nickname. Who I gets know. the girl? I know. Because uh, the resident good-looking guy uh, is like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to nail what's-her-name or whatever. But then she, you know, abducts Crockett in the boat. And he's like, oh, I thought you liked that dude. And she goes, that dude's a jerk-off. <laughs> okay, so I have a question uh, for our resident woman. Oh, no. Okay, so we have a character wearing thigh-high leg warmers. <laughs> now, I'm a fan. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I, yeah. I, I think that's a trend that should come back. Right. Um. To your knowledge, did any human being actually ever wear those? Oh, absolutely. It, that was actually a thing. Yeah, it, mostly for dance, not really for tennis or anything like that. This is more of like a fashion statement that she's got going on, but they're, it's usually specifically for dancers to keep your muscles warm uh, okay. because you're stretching right. and like really working your lower legs. So, yeah. Leg warmers are a thing. And, and in the early 80s, when I was a little... They became more of a fashion. Naughty boy. <laughs> I went into the girls' dorm where I knew my friend was working out with her little gym friends. He went and, full Bill Murray. And I opened up the door and I took a snapshot and they're all like, ah! They're, they are all wearing those little knee-high things. See? I'll find that oh, picture. Awesome I'll show it picture. to you. Yeah. But she's like, they're all like, what are you doing? I would do that. Yeah. We, we would also do panty raids. Oh, yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah, mostly my uh, friends But he never who... gave the panties back. <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback. That's, call, that's, that's a huge callback, yes. He seemed to enjoy the panty raids more than the other guys. But, uh, yeah, mostly, like, my tap dancing friends and ballerina friends would wear them to keep their 
lower legs worn. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just so I, I, I've I've never seen them in the wild. So, oh. you know, well, you were not, born in the wrong wrong generation. I, they're not really a fashion statement yes. as much as they well, used to be. Well, you know, growing up in uh, growing up in Central Louisiana, you're not going to see a lot of things <laughs> designed to keep you warm. No, <laughs> that's true. That's Maybe true. that's yeah. what, that explains it. Yeah. But um, Daisy Dukes, tons of those. But I love. Um, yeah what's spaz and his friend think because they're such teenage boys in the sense that like oh a girl looked me in the face that means she wants, she wants to have sex with she me she wants you and no oh my God. no no she wants it is what oh, they it. keep saying because uh these two girls are staring at spaz and they're just kind of giggling and being a little demure and think goes oh she's staring at you but, man that you should go talk to her that means she wants it but here here's the funny thing though is, is because i have a kid and and i i get an, this perspective on 13 14 year old kids that is so a thing oh it is because i mean there was there's in you know they don't watch the show well, so i'm not going to name any names but there was one one in particular who literally a girl was walking down the hall and bumped into him <gasps> and it was all like Oh my God, mm-hmm. dude, did you see that? Did you see that? Oh, she, you need to go talk to her. Well, she obviously it, likes you. Well, it's like the Eddie Izzard bill, uh, bit. It's like when you're that age, you don't have the verbal skills to be like, ah, oh, Susan, I saw you from across the room. <laughs> yeah. The sunlight gleamed in your hair and burnt blue fire into my soul. I immediately read the words of Dostoevsky and Karl Marx and then the words of Albert Schweitzer. I fancy you. No, it's more, hello, Sue. I saw you in the room. And that's teenage flirting. Yeah. So it, Oh, it's it, terrible. Teenage flirting is 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 the worst, and I was the worst of the teenage flirters. I didn't even start dating because I was till I was like sixteen because of that because of how terrible teenage flirting was. It oh just, my god! I was never I was never a flirter either, but I do remember a really? time. I yeah, believe it or not, <laughs> believe it. Believe I it don't. Or, but but I do hearken back to the time when you know just a touch, oh, yeah. just a, a brush from a woman was electricity. Yeah, it, it made you all fizzy. <laughs> oh my god, a look or, or a touch or even just a little kiss in the cheek was enough to send your brain exploding. Please, extra fizz. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so now I understand why Spaz was able to, at the very end, you know, juggle all those teacups because he got the little kiss in the cheek that gives you power. And oh, strength. my God. <laughs> yeah. At that age, I mean, that's the age when it literally, if a girl's like, I know you can do it, you'll go fucking do it. Oh, you yes. know, like, I yes. mean, I know you can run a marathon. Fine. I'm going to go fucking run a marathon. <laughs> I tomorrow. guess I'm going to. Ugh, but yeah. But that's like the entire concept. The kids, not so much. It's really the CITs that are the ones that are super focused on sex. But it's funny how Bill Murray will just talk to a little, I guess, 12-year-old boy like Rudy. They go running every morning. And Rudy, because Rudy's whole thing is that he messes up when he's playing the first soccer game. And he accidentally scores for the other team, I think. Yes. And so they're like, why do we have that idiot on our team? He sucks. And so Bill Murray takes him and builds him up from there. And they go training together every morning to help Rudy, you know, train for the Olympic event at the end of the summer. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that comes with maturity. You know, when you're young, you care about everything, how they're looking at me, whether I'm going to be picked, you know, you're sitting there, please don't pick me last, please. Cause then you get to a certain age where you just don't care anymore. Yeah. I've never cared that that's the yeah. problem. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, I got picked last. I will. Yeah. Well, you're, you've always been ahead of your time, Darth. Oh, shucks. Unlike Jason and I, we're no. typical. Yeah, we, we were, very, we were yeah. typical. Yeah, but I was a girl. I was allowed to be ahead of my time. Well, you that's guys true. Were busy you matured much faster than we did and probably are more mature than both of us combined, but uh, that's all right. Well, well, it's like on, on, on that note that we are coming up on our right, first break. So break. we will be back in about one second. And we're back yeah. and continuing to watch. Uh, meatballs. meatballs. Thank God. I was getting sick of hearing Adam talk about his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me regale you. 
There no. was a time. There was a time in history when men no. men wore tidy whities. Yeah. And when I say tidy whities, they were tight and white. Unless you were Joe oh, Namath. Oh, is that what that means? Yes. I never knew. If you were Joe Namath, you wore a slingshot brief. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was not Joe Namath. Yeah. But we know. You know, old. I I remember my mom bought me a pair of boxers as a kid, and I did not like them. Uh, they, they suck. No, they you, they all bunch up. Uh, you know, you know, and, you, you swing low, and it's just not comfortable. Yeah. Well, my only logistics question with boxers is like, how do you wear pants with them? Because like, it, it seems like they would ride up oh, and get like really in the way. Yeah. I, like they'd you, be bunchy almost. Especially if uh, if you're wearing blue jeans. Yeah, that's what. It, just, yeah. It's like they just. How did ha- Tom Cruise get away with that in the eighties? <sighs> oh, he didn't. He was wearing tidy. He was wearing time, very tidy. Yeah, that's true. Very. Kind of whitey. Sorry, yeah. Tom. I'm not curious. But then science came up with an answer: the boxer brief. Oh, it was a game changer. I mean, it literally was a game changer. I love how excited they yeah. are. There is no going back. <laughs> well, because a, I didn't like wearing tidy whities, but I couldn't wear boxers. So what do I do? I wait for the boxer briefs to. You arrive. wait for science yes. to catch up. Because you're not going commando. No, no. And what took so Oof. long to put wheels on suitcases? <laughs> I can't. Isn't that amazing? I just, I still can't believe it. It's, We're we comparing to, the invention of we boxer briefs. We went to the moon yes. before we put wheels on suitcases <laughs> or put, you know, combined the boxer and the brief. Mm-hmm. You know, so that tells you there's still ideas out there's there. There's great ideas. There's great ideas out there, you know. Yeah. Um, We're comparing wheels on suitcases to going to the moon? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, just yeah, checking. It's, it's all in the timing. Yeah, because, you know, anyway. Um, uh, so I have a question about the scene that we're on right now, because it goes on for like seven unnecessary minutes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but, it was cheap to film. No, I know. <laughs> but um, So Bill Murray is trying to, he's very good at this. He's good at rallying spirits and getting everybody revved up for, you know, the next big event in the Olympic events at the end of the summer. And he gets up now and he's got this speech that I think I've heard both of you allude to on the show where he's like, yeah, it doesn't matter if we lose. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because all of our women are going to date those rich dudes across the <laughs> lake anyway. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, that reminded me of both of you because I've heard you talk about that on the show. Well, that, it's that, a big picture speech is what it is. Yeah. That's <laughs> but he's of, saying this to like 12 and 14 year olds. Yeah. So it's well, that's one of the things that's so endearing about Bill Murray in general. And he, and he does the same you know, uh, um, the same bit in Ghostbusters and tons of other movies where he's the schlubby hero. Yeah. And it's, it's the, look, we're going to get screwed anyway. Let's just go out there and do it in style, Mm -hmm. you know, and let's do it in a way where we laugh and we, we, we know the other guys are going to win, but they're not going to enjoy it because we'll be the ones laughing. Well, his general sense of humor with the kids is hilarious. Like when he's trying to pep Rudy up because Rudy's usually a little down and out and he's like so rudy uh you know let's talk about you (laughs) he's like you ever did ever do time rudy you you know how to hotwire a car yet you ever been with a girl rudy like just (laughs) you ever been to a turkish prison billy like it's ridiculous that's another thing i'll bring up when you're 14 years old and and an adult pays attention to you it is oh it's a game changer intoxicating yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. because i remember well rudy here i think is 14 15 years old believe it or not Uh, he was born in 64 this came out in 79 and when were you born i don't know somewhere (laughs) somewhere around that in fact i related very much to rudy but i remember there was a vietnam veteran that was friends worked with my dad and he would i'd ask him questions and he paid attention to me and it was just it was wonderful. And that's exactly yeah. what Rudy's going through well, with Trip. I, I heard something the other day, and this was from a psychiatrist, so eh, maybe it was true. Uh, it, it, feel, <laughs> it feels... It, <laughs> it, it, this well, well, it feels true. 
But yeah. it's one of those things where it's a scientific thing. So I don't know. And how does that but, make you? But he feel? said he said that kids, the way that a, a teenager's brain is wired, they are literally designed to think that every word that comes from their parents' mouths is it's, stupid. But it, no, seriously, that when their parents tell them something, it's dumb. But when another adult says it, it's it immediately has this like resonance. And and the whole point was he was saying is that's why it's so important that you you make sure your kids friend group you know there's other parents out there that are going to give good advice. Oh yeah. Um, and I thought about that you know and I think about kid myself as a kid and other other you know my son and you know people I grew up with and it's absolutely true, you know because if you, like you said you have if some other adult comes up to you and says hey you know you want to do it this way instead of that way, if your dad says that to you it's like. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, whatever, man. You're just trying to boss me around. But if another adult says that, it's sort of like, oh. oh I uh, see the merit. Okay, yeah. I'll, I see your value I'll of it. it. I'll, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give that a try. Oh, man. Yeah. No, it's so true. And my dad has adapted to that very well because my mom will get upset and be like, oh, well, I've said that to you a million times. And he goes, you know, Janet, kids never listen to their parents. Like, So it is, it's important to have like a village because when you have reliable adults, I mean, that's why I'm friends with Cece's kids because uh, her little boy and I think a lot alike. So when I explain something to him, it's just, he gets it right away well, as that, opposed to listening to his parents. That's exactly yeah. it. Uh -huh. Because, because you said it, you could say the exact same thing that she said. And because it's another adult saying it, it's like, oh, oh yeah, like I was, at, seriously. I was at yeah. their house once and he was like, mom, I need help with my homework. Can you help me with foreshadowing and to kill a mockingbird? She was like, you know, pal, who would be really good at that? <laughs> and I was like, well, it's been a minute what, since what I've read he, that book. Yeah, what does he need help with that? The dude already wrote it. <laughs> The chick already wrote it. Whatever. Harper Lee Harper is a Lee. woman, you jackass. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, that book, that's one of those books that, that, that there's bad high school no, but memories. There's, there's got to be some switch that flips, though, because when you're a kid, as far as what your parents say goes, like yeah. there are all these memes on Facebook now where it's like, name something that you thought was total, totally normal growing up that is actually super weird. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, I had no idea that people wore shoes in their house. That, like, completely screwed me up because my parents never let us wear shoes on the carpet. Yeah, there's a and, lot of people like that. Well, but, I mean, there are more extreme examples where, uh, you know. Don't eat an hour before you go swimming <laughs> in a yeah. three and a half foot deep yeah. pool that yeah. you could stand up in. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> I was in my, well into my 20s before I thought about that one. <laughs> I, I you know, got that one a lot too, because my grandmother actually couldn't swim. So when she would take us to the pool, we weren't allowed in you know, at least a half hour after eating. Uh, we had to wait that half hour and we weren't allowed in the deep end because our parents weren't there. So we thought there was yeah. some magical quality to our parents that she didn't have. And it was like, oh yeah, she can't swim and well, she can't help us if we get most in trouble. Most of that, or not most of that, but a lot of that comes from, uh, when polio was a big thing. You've said this before, uh, yeah. Because yeah. they weren't sure how they it was transferred. Know, yeah, so yeah. that was why the whole, like, don't walk around in wet clothes and yeah. all that stuff, yeah. Um, don't dry off with a damp towel. But, but I think that's sort of the heart and soul of the movie is, you know, the whole relationship between these. It, it's it's not a coming-of-age movie. No, Because nobody really. really comes of age, but it is sort of um, finding yourself 
kind of movie. Yeah, building your confidence. Uh-huh. Yeah, because even if you look at Spaz, and, you know, Spaz is the guy equivalent of the girl in all the 80s movies that if when she takes her glasses <laughs> yes. off. He is you, cute. You, you, can like, you know he's, he's a good-looking guy. Good looking well, they guy. go out of their way to, like, yeah. put acne on him and give him the nerd goggles and everything. And he and walks they, like he's got some serious medical condition. Like right. he's got scoliosis <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> he's even got, like, a pocket protector yeah. when he's playing the Olympic sport game. Is that a pocket protector or is that for his sunglasses? Uh... I don't know. Because my dad always had the sunglasses the thing sleeve, in his pocket. Yeah, the sleeve, so yeah. So it wouldn't get yeah. scratched. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it could be one or the other, honestly. It's probably the, uh, well, he never wears sunglasses. So I'm guessing it's a pocket. Well, maybe, well, you know, and it's funny because that's like one of those things. Old people did those things when you laughed at it. And then you realize, oh, actually kind of a good idea. They're so convenient. It's like, it's like Mr. Brown's yeah. uh, uh, case on his belt that he wears. Oh, yes. for or or, or the, the chain on the glasses. I'm going to yeah. have those when I'm, I already it's have a good I, it, Look, it's a good idea. Do you idea. know how, how many hours? I spend in a week looking for my glasses. <laughs> yeah. It is pathetic. Yeah. See, I can't transition around without my glasses, so I You're have lucky. to know. Where, You're very yes, lucky to be yeah. legally blind, but um, I have to have my glasses on the table, or else I will lose them. Now, here is the the uh, Joey Chestnut scene yes. of the movie. For those of you who don't Joey know, Chestnut. For, for Joey Chestnut, who is the greatest living athlete uh, in the world. <laughs> Uh, Google him. Google him. You're talking about, no, seriously, look up Joey Chestnut uh, beats up a guy and wins. Gina Davis played him in a movie. (laughs) Yeah. He, uh, uh, Joey Chestnut did a hot dog eating contest. uh, He does the Nathan's hot dog eating contest every year. Every year. There was a guy who um, was protesting. uh, uh, He was a vegan or whatever. And he ran up and he pushed Joey Chestnut. And Joey Chestnut proceeds to get the guy in a headlock, punch him out, and continue eating the hot dogs, and still Oh, no. No. (laughs) That is the greatest athlete in the world. He's going to rip his stomach lining open, but you know. Good for Joey Chestnut. Yeah, there's a ton. The, 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 <laughs> I didn't catch that last night where what? Morty starts walking around with an enormous button on his cap that says, Hi, my name is Morty. <laughs> yes. That's great. Morty Melnick. Because they never stop calling him Mickey. I love Morty's shirt that says when the hand goes up, the mouth goes, goes shut. shut. Yes. And you know that that came. Someone knew someone who One, had two, that One, two, three, shirt. eyes on me. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard a teacher say that at some point. That one makes my blood boil. <laughs> I wrote that in her last birthday card because <laughs> I'm a terrible human being. It's but, like flicking the lights off and on, you know. Hmm. I, had a, I had a substitute teacher do that to us when we were seniors in high school okay. and everyone just laughed at her because <laughs> what are you going to do? That, that kind of sensory, you know, trick works on five-year-olds. Now, the mistake they're making here is they're not drinking water. No. You see, you need to be drinking water. Doesn't that take up more space in your stomach, though? No, no. You, What's you, the you, physics you, behind that? I, I don't know, but if you watch these guys when they're doing it, they're drinking water, and it's basically so that the food lubricates just, their throat. They maybe? just swallow it like pills. Yeah. Well, do you really need that when it's just the hot dogs or when it's a hot dog they, with a bun on it? No, 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 no. When they're doing it, because they, uh, they're, they ha- do they're having to chew, and when you drink the water, you don't really chew that much. Right. Okay. You just basically are swallowing the food whole. It's just like, Ugh, yeah, it's a terrible, terrible as thing a, to do to your body. As a go person, through the meat sweats right yeah. now. <laughs> are those a real thing? Oh, I've heard God, them referred yes. to on like, uh, uh, yeah, Joey mentions it on yes. Friends. Is, is 
meat sweating a real thing? <laughs> yes. I, the first time I went to one of those Brazilian meat restaurants. Like Fogo de Chao or something? Yes. Yeah. It was actually in Brazil and they would just carve off all this meat and it was really wonderful. But then that night I like had nightmares and I was, <laughs> I was shaking and like beads of sweat were coming from it. It's I like kid you not. different kinds of alcohol. It's like a Jesus. cow sitting on a tree next to you talking oh, to you. Hi, Bob. Yeah. It was, Kiss me, Bob. <laughs> you know you want to. I, I could never eat in one of those places again it was uh castrated steer so i ate salad after that for like a week (laughs) until everything you know until everything came out it took a while (laughs) (laughs) well hopefully boxer briefs were in existence by well that that that's why you don't wear white you see (laughs) that's Uh, what i'm saying yeah yeah, so um marks oh here's a decent thing to note apparently all the cast did their own stunts (laughs) really (laughs) all these death-defying dives into lake water well, well, I know that Bill Murray fell onto that log, but it looked, the log looked very squishy when he fell onto it. Squishy. I think. It was a squishy log. Well, a lot a of lot termites. Of Bill, uh, at least the initial outfit that he had with the red shorts and the Hawaiian shirt, that was Bill Murray's actual outfit. So, the, yep, those are his shorts right there. And you can tell it was the beginning of the time when shorts got shorter and shorter. Yeah, and those shorter. are some hot pants he's got going yeah. on. Oh, that was just, no one seemed to notice like the look shorts at, were look at like shorter. Larry Bird playing yeah. basketball in the 70s. The, it's with, almost obscene. And the, they had the socks with the two green stripes. Yes. All the way up to your knee. All the way up to your knees. So basically leg warmers. Yeah. Uh, actually. Oh, good point. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Leg warmers. Uh, but yeah, so we're about to get to Rudy's triumphant moment in the movie. And I'm not sure that what Bill Murray is saying to him is necessarily a pep talk, but he's instead of Rudy, he's like, yeah, just... You're up against a taller guy who's got longer reach with his legs, but you're super fast through the woods, man. You beat me every time. So here's the thing. You got to get ahead of him and get that head start when you go into the woods. Just get way ahead of him. And you're Woody the Wabbit. Woody the Wabbit. And he says it like seven <laughs> times. He starts like choking the kid. Because that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what you did. That's that's oh, cla- yeah. It's classic big brother shit. Yeah. And I told my yeah. sister we were doing meatballs. She's like, oh, Woody the Wabbit. Oh, Woody the Wabbit. She remembers that. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a movie that definitely it, it but it, it leaves an essence. It really does. Mm-hmm. But it this really race does. scene, it's about to be 17 and a half minutes long. And it reminds me of your argument about cars in movies, Jason, where it's like <laughs> you don't need to show the entire freaking race. Yeah. We get in a car, we know we're going somewhere. I don't need to see the entire road trip. Like I, this, they follow the kids the entire time. I, I think the fact that it's at the end of the movie. Um, makes it a little bit more tolerable because you're already so far into it that if there's one scene that goes on too long, and, and you are right, it does it it does slow the pacing down a little bit. Um, you've well, there are several scenes like that because I mean they show like the well, kindergartners, uh, you know, doing the the potato sack raise, and then yeah. this happening, and like a couple of different things, and it it's made abundantly clear that North Star has to win by cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Or else there's no other way they're going to win. Yeah. And, uh, but we skipped over what I thought you gentlemen would enjoy the most about the movie, which was when all the CITs go to another island to get laid. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that's where Bill Murray finally. Without consequences. Exactly. Which is nice Evidently. about movies. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Why did Bill Murray ask Roxanne to move in at the end? <laughs> so, that's right. It might know. have been a bun in the oven. Or it might have been. Well, yeah, but remember, you you can't get pregnant if you almost do it. Yeah, so that's important. That was important. <laughs> I love uh, that that lesson. was a question because one of the girls yeah. has come of age, and so they're like, "Oh, yeah, you just have to be careful because you can still get pregnant even if you almost do it." And the CIT is like, "What?" See, and again, if that happened today, if there was like a girl who said, "Oh, you know, Susan got her first period," there'd be a lawsuit. 
<laughs> you know, it was more. a different time. It was a different time. My son often tells me, who's 15 years old, I wish I lived when you were young. <laughs> you just got on your bike and you went for a whole day. Yeah, your we mother did not give a yeah. fuck where you were yeah. unless it was dark outside. They didn't want to know where you oh, were. Oh, they didn't care if, when, after it was dark. I they mean, didn't want you dirtying up their clean house. Like uh, it, right. that was their I, that was mom's day to clean and get everything back the way that she wanted it. I told uh, I was telling uh, my wife and not, and I don't think I told this to my my son because you know. <laughs> You know, you have to maintain a certain level of credibility. I'm confused. But I remember being a kid, uh, being a teenager, and one of my friends, or a couple of my friends, took, and tell me if I've told this story before. Probably. Um, We've probably repeated have. several stories on but this podcast. the story about the metal uh, Band-Aid box that we filled with gunpowder. You've only told that once, and that was a long time ago, so yeah, repeat well, it. Yeah, it's so, a good one. Yeah, so a buddy of mine, you know, or a couple of uh, buddies of mine, they literally uh, get one of these old tins, I uh, remember the, the Band-Aid tin, and a guy like took a box of shotgun shells from his dad's gun cabinet and they like cut they cut the ends off and they, <laughs> they filled the thing up with gunpowder. Yeah. Yay. And they put a uh, paper or a toilet paper, I think, into it to use as a fuse. Oh Lord. And I remember all oh, of us God. on our bikes going in circles while these two idiots and uh, they lit it and it uh, it did blow up. Yeah. Uh, it blew up right when the guy <laughs> touched it. And I think and I don't know this for sure, but to this day, I think he actually still has a piece of the uh, piece the of tin. He gets off metal detectors. Yeah, but here's the thing: he got that. It literally he had metal stuck in him, and he just went home. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think he told. I think he put some hydrogen peroxide on it, put a band aid on it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was, back yeah, in the it was day. Fine. You know, we were in a subdivision. Nobody cared. Nobody called the cops. Oh, yeah. Like when I was a kid, we had a dog that literally jumped up and bit me in the face. And my grandma was so freaked out about my mom finding out that she's just dead. And I'm like literally just. Uh, with with mercurochrome or whatever you used to call it. Methylate. No, but I've just got yeah. blood just pouring out of my forehead. My grandma was like, okay, let's not tell your mom. She's going to be really mad. Let's not tell your mom. And I was like, nanny, you've got blood all over it. I've got blood all over me. Like, I think she's going to notice. <laughs> what is your mom going to say? But I never got stitched up. Me. Nothing. I'm like, they just cleaned me up and made sure that I wasn't going to get an infection. And I still have the scar in my eyebrow to this day. And what, it was, what happened to Jade? It was coming of age. <laughs> <laughs> she found a dead body in the woods. <laughs> well, see, I was thinking about that the other day, too. Like when I was a kid, particularly like from like maybe like 10 to 16, I was like always injuring myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, Same. it seemed like I was—I always had a Band-Aid on. I had always, you know, like put my hand somewhere I shouldn't have and there was something sharp and I pulled it back. And it was I always had Band-Aids around my fingers. Yeah, like, like always. we were always doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, like when, when did I stop? Like, did it, I, I, I didn't get smarter. I know that. <laughs> You know, but like you said, you started sitting behind a desk and tapping yeah, on a computer. I guess, I guess that's, that's it. it. Yeah. <laughs> you were climbing computer. on rocks and no, falling yeah. down and cracking your skull. You know, I have you became an indoor boy, remember, Gene. Remember you used to get shiners? Oh, yeah. Or like so you got hit with a baseball and you got a bump on your head. I haven't had a bump on no. my head in 20 years. I think the last time I got like any sort of face injury was I was in this dive bar in college and one of the women in the women's room had broken the hinge on Oof, the uh no. the door to the stall and i just you know they give so easily i went to push it open and immediately came back and <laughs> smacked me in the face and i walked into work the next day thinking i had covered my eyes sufficiently because i i had a shiner from it yeah and uh my friend india was like 
oh my God, did your boyfriend punch you in the face? <laughs> and I was like, no, otherwise you'd be reading a story about him being found dead in the Chattahoochee River. No, uh, the real story is much more embarrassing. So yeah, let's go with that. I got punched in the face by my boyfriend. That's yeah, cool. But it was just, it was youth and it was, it was, and, and I think that's why the movie still resonates, you know, to this day. Because there are certain movies that when you watch it, you feel that little pull of back to being a kid. You know, mm -hmm. like when I watch The Goonies, I can't, when I watch The Goonies, I'm not watching it as an adult. I'm watching it as like 95% an adult. And there's Goonies never say that. Yeah, cause, but, but it's like movies like this or movies like that, you, you know, they, they, they just have this connection to this freer time. See, I'd say know? the movie like that for me is probably The Sandlot. Because it's an afternoon of your friends banding together together to try to get you out of a heap of trouble and yeah. coming up with all these harebrained schemes and just, you know, playing outside till it's dark and, you know, just getting into shenanigans. But yeah. it's not nearly as wild as this movie, obviously. But no, no. That, that was one of the first movies I saw that sort of gave me that nostalgic and, feeling. And I like the good old Morty at the end. You know, there's that... the touching moment where bill murray lets him have some champagne mm -hmm. um because and again that's the whole thing there well, morty provides the champagne and then they deprive yeah, him of it. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what's great about the movie is that you have almost no conflict you've got a little bit of conflict with the kids and rudy in the beginning of the soccer game it's everyday life it's not like some huge mountain yeah. to climb it's not like nelly olson yeah. from little house in the prairie yeah and, and, you know, you do have what a reference. <laughs> well, I was just talking about that today with my sister. So, yeah. and, you know, and you have, you know, Camp Mohawk, um, which are the bad guys, but they're not even. Are we the baddies? You know, it's, it's like you don't even care about them. Like, you know, you know who they are. You know how it's going to end up. So it really all is just actors doing performances and interacting with each other and kind of trying to figure life out. Yeah, yeah, right, because you know? there aren't any official stakes. It's not like some big no. bet between the camps and, oh, this camp is going to shut down if it doesn't win yeah, the Olympic it, Games. Exactly. Like, this, nothing is really at stake here. If Demi except, Moore doesn't earn enough money, they're going to yeah. lose the house. <laughs> if this movie was made in the 80s. And he's going for it with that kiss, too. Yeah, if this movie was made in the 80s, uh, that's exactly what it would have been. It would have been that if we don't win this competition... We're gonna lose the, the camp. The camp stays open. Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> what it would have been, and that's fine. That's just that's the whole different genre of, of <laughs> Morty. Yeah. Uh, and it's sweet. It's almost their just little send off of Morty at the end. So they've been uh, hindsighters. They've been putting Morty and how the man doesn't wake up without them having drugged him in the first place. I don't know, but well, I'm pretty sure he's drunk. I'm pretty sure he's hungover. I hope so. Cause isn't Bill Murray drinking schnapps with Rudy at some point when they're playing for peanuts? No, when they're no, doing that's, uh, I thought I saw schnapps bottles. That's interesting. They have bus. Uh, half of bus is covered over. Who knows? But it's not a school bus. Yeah. I wonder if that's, if yeah, they, they may have just taped reason. it. So it doesn't say school, but, um, so the prank, the ongoing also, prank. With also, by the way, kid shirts back then were way cooler. Sure. I mean, they just were like, I look back at the shirts I had, you know, whenever I was a kid, you know, it's like Star Wars shirts and, you know, oh, yeah. shirts. they were so much, so well, much Well, that's cooler. why they sell those shirts now at Target for adults yeah, for because adults. we miss yeah, those from when we were yeah. kids. Like, uh, but, I've got a Nickelodeon shirt that I love that's got all the cartoons that I used to watch on Saturday mornings and yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the ongoing prank with Morty is that they keep placing his bunk in weird places. Like they tie him up in the trees at one point. Uh, they just keep 
putting him in random places around the campground. And the very last send off is obviously putting him on in the, uh, lake. in the lake where he's floating and he's got no means of getting back to land unless he jumps in the water. And I love that Bill Murray ends the movie by, by sort of riding off into the sunset oh, with yeah. his gal. He's leading the troops. Because he asks her to move in and it's nice and sweet. And she's like, well, where would I stay? He goes, with me, duh. And so they decide to move in together. They're living together. Well, He's 29. She's 20, by the way. That's inappropriate age difference it, in my mind. Is it? it yeah, because, I mean, age differences to me have always been so personally creepy. My God. Um, Elmer Bernstein actually wrote the Rick D song. Oh, really? I just saw <laughs> it in the credits. Nice. Yeah. Now, it, one of the other things about the movie that that is just... Poor bizarre to me is, and I think we do have to mention this, uh, or the sequels, because there were three, there were three sequels. Oh, I've never and seen any of them. And only the third yeah. one had anything to do yeah. with this original storyline, apparently. Yeah, because which... the third one was Rudy is a grown-up. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And none of the actors came back, no. did they? It was and all... was Rudy, like, eventually a CIT or something? Was that I, the point honestly, of it? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I think I saw Meatballs 3 once. I've never seen two or four. Um, Hell, I've, I've never, never, I've never seen, seen, seen this one, you know, so. um, but well, it's kind of weird because like it wasn't really direct to video cause that wasn't a thing back then. So, I mean, I guess they just made it, you know, chucked it out to a movie theater. It must, the, the second one must've made a little bit of money. Well, especially since this one was such a phenomenal success, like you said, Jason, oh, yeah, of course they're going to make a ton of sequels, yeah. whether or not they're warranted. So See, yeah, it's amazing to think, I mean, you have to take a movie that, you know, on a shoestring budget, it makes seventy million dollars in the seventies. Like that's my a lot. God, what is that in today money? That um, well, I can well, tell you I mean, the inflation like, of the like two hundred million, a thousand dollars for the um, Mohawk camp a week in Canadian dollars back then would have inflated now to over three thousand. Okay, so it, it two hundred and ten million dollars. Right, right. <laughs> that's on, incredible. On on basically well, you know a budget of nothing. It's well, yeah, yeah, that's even more nothing than like Smokey and the Bandit, where you know Bert earned a quarter of the four yeah. million dollars for his salary, but then it earned over like one hundred and seventy million dollars in the box office. Right. It beat the hell out of Star Wars, like it broke all these records. Yeah, and the producers would like to thank Adidas of Canada. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for that. By the way. You pretentious <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be saying that from now on, and I actually will correct people now, you, you now, must. now that I know Adidas, I can. Yes. Oh, you said Adidas. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> you're so oh, common. How? So so the guy who Could played you? the stomach, Peter Hume. It's always interesting to see the the history of these guys. He was just a friend of one of the filmmakers. They went to college together, and they gave him this role. But he was he was an Olympic wrestler. Really? Yeah. Huh. And he would have gone to. The Olympics, but they were being boycotted. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. So he missed out, but he ended up becoming an Olympic coach and then it ended up as a history teacher. So not, not all of them make it. Yeah. But they Although, do make it in their own special way. You know, is he happy? There well, you go. That, you That's know, the if, question. If, yeah. if, if the dude's happy, then he won. You know, yeah, no, he, he had a very satisfying life. Yeah. I mean, because that's really what it all comes down to, you know. So um, deep, Jason. Well, it is, you know, and that, I think it's one, one thing I like about movies like this is it sort of reinforces that because it's like, well, we're the losers, we're the crap camp, we're the, you know, you don't have the money to go to the to the really nice camp. Who cares? We're but happy. But this is the vast majority right. of society. Well, like, as long yeah. as you're, you know, that's why it resonates. Yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. That's why it resonates. We're all schlubby heroes, you know. Or we Who are you could, calling schlubby? No, we're all schlubby. <laughs> Who are you calling schlubby? Everybody is. Excuse what you. does schlubby yeah. mean anyway? <laughs> yeah, you're either you're either you know in the system or you're a chump, and you know we're all chumps, and uh, you know you got to make the best of it. 
And movies like this resonate. Um, and here we are watching it 44 years, oh, yeah. 45 years yep. later. Mm-hmm. Still works, you know. Um, hard to say Alf to Seinfeld on this one for me. Straight five for me because this is the first time I've seen it. I enjoyed it, though. It was, it was you know, silly and adorable. Slapsticky. I normally say that when I watch a movie for the show, I pick up a lot more. Yes. Uh, and I, I don't really think I did. you this time? Did? No. I think uh, it's, it is what it is. And I, I like it as much, eh, maybe a little bit more. Maybe it, it might have touched the heartstrings a little bit more. So I'll give it a six. Okay. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a seven because, Ooh. A, I remember when I first saw it. I did love it, but it took me back. I was living in the moment when the movie came out. So it was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, I wish I... Tidy whities But yeah, I did not even... I didn't even address tidy whities when I first you know, watched it because that's what I was wearing. It was the standard, yeah. Right. And I didn't know who Ivan Reitman was. I didn't know who Harold Ramis you was when no I watched You had no idea. This. But now I yeah. do. Yeah. You know, I knew who Bill Murray was from SNL. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, think about what this movie gave us, you know? I mean, the whole of the career of Ivan Reitman. You know, Bill Murray would... I'm sure have ended up a movie star anyway. Yeah, because for but whatever it definitely, reason, it definitely would have been a different career. Because for whatever reason, I know. thought Scrooge was his first starring role, where he oh, was God. like the where he was the one like top billing oh, leading no. person. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought that, but no, Scrooge was pretty far in. I but know, the, but yeah. for whatever reason, I thought he was always part of some sort of ensemble, oh. like in Caddyshack. I never realized he was a headliner this early in life. Yeah, I mean, he was. You know, there was the sort of you know the. Bill Murray, there was the Steve Martin. Steve Martin was on a whole other level. Oh, yeah. Um, back then, especially. Um, you know, and I'm trying to remember when Bill Murray left SNL, because he still did SNL after this movie. Let's find out. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, but but everything was different. You know, it was, you know, you you headlined a $70 million movie. Okay, you're bankable. And once you're bankable, that's it. You know, it, you're going to be, and then you follow that up with things like Ghostbusters and it's just, you know. Looks like Murray was legend. on from 77 to 1980. Okay. Well, yeah. So he's still, and I think he, did, he obviously came back every once in a while. Well, no, because they you said know. 75 when they were talking about but, his uh, lounge singer guy, but it says two. Well. Oh, well, 77 through 1980. And I don't boy, know. isn't that a shame that we used to have SNL churning out. Just the like, top talent in oh comedy. Oh, my God. I mean, up until the 90s, you know. I mean, even as as much as he's not your favorite, Jason, even Adam Sandler, who's, like, well, gone on I'm such... Well, but created an empire of oh, yeah. a career where he's done poignant roles, he's done comedy, like, and oh, yeah. he's, he's kind of a genius in the sense that he can keep doing that stupid Adam Sandler thing and then go off and make a movie that he really, you know, I, that really touches his heart and that he wants to make. I think that Adam Sandler is well aware of who he is yeah. and what kind of movies he makes. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't pretend to be anything different than that. And exactly. I respect that. You know, he, he makes what he makes and they're for that audience. And people go but, to see it. Yeah. yeah. But we don't have this. Like, SNL is just doesn't is I haven't watched SNL in years. It, it's, I couldn't name a single person. Who's I couldn't a cast member right person. now. Like I remember like, yeah. that because it became thinner and thinner quality as far as the cast went because i remember sherry o'terry will ferrell they were great together chris Kattan, like it, it, everybody's yeah. different i know you have your preferences between <laughs> the individual comedians but the last time it was like a strong ensemble as a whole was probably like early 90s 
Yeah, I would say. Yeah, Otherwise, it yeah. was just like. No, you're right. It was you're, just yeah. like, okay, Jimmy Fallon gets all the sketches because he was the hot comedian then. What, no matter how you feel about him. Okay, then, you know, it was Andy Samberg. And, um, you know, it's got, you know, there's like a couple of one-offs that are really funny or but funnier it, than everyone but it, else. There's an old saying about SNL. The best SNL ensemble was when you were a teenager and you watched it. Um, that makes sense. I mean, I, I can I can go with that. It's just a point. saying. I don't know if yeah. it's true or not. But because that's... to me, like, because I grew up uh, watching the reruns uh, on Nick at Night. Yes. Yeah, so I was so I was literally watching the seventies, eighties, and nineties, and it was like twenty five years of this is the funniest show that that there is. That's a good point because know? they started doing the reruns and doing the tapes and yeah. stuff that you could buy. So that makes sense, but. Yeah, it just um And then I found SCTV and then oh that's where all, <laughs> it was that's where all over all the other actors came from SCTV. Every yeah. comedic actor was either on SNL or SCTV. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, those were the farm, but we don't have a farm team anymore. So, you know. What are you gonna do? Yeah, there's no Bill Murray. <laughs> that's true. All right, hindsiders. Well, I guess that wraps it up for not only meatballs, but also the 1970s. Our summer of 70s has come to an end, but fear not because we are about to start the fall of the 80s or however we're going to phrase it. But um, yeah, I think I think that's what I put in the in the the promo, the fall of the 80s. (laughs) Because we're doing the fall of the 80s and the the rise of the 80s, then the fall of the 80s. (laughs) And then we will do the winter of the 90s. There you go. Um, And we've got some familiar faces that will be back in the studio to discuss 80s and 90s movies with us so we're going to be hitting up the decade of the 80s when yours truly came on the scene so mm-hmm. we know that's a great decade but it's an awesome decade it's going to be <laughs> a fucking incredible yes. decade. Well, and well. It, it's going to be the first uh time that we actually have a jennifer connelly movie on the show because uh I'm, we're going to be doing career opportunities for sure we're gonna yep <laughs> and we've all got some certain picks that we love from the 80s and like i said we're gonna have some returning guests that you know and love but thank you for hanging in with us for the swinging summer of 70s on hindsight this has been darth adam and jason with meatballs on hindsight and good night